2: is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: <laughs> that is, I mean, that is just what I want to be in life. Fat, sassy, and spoiled. I don't think that's a lot to ask.
4: <laughs> is that your, you've been in radio a long time. Is that the best drop you've ever
3: come across? It's up there. It's up there. I just, just him saying it, fat, sassy, and spoiled. Boom. That's up there. There are. Listen, what is the greatest drop that you've ever had? I, I oh, can't. I, yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have started this because I, yeah, I'm not no, going to be able to answer I go thing. back to the
4: time in San Francisco. There were a bunch. Our show, you utilized a lot of drops. Shout out to great Dan Dibley what? for that. But they, there were a lot of drops, and there were some that were just. They, and they become such inside jokes. Like, if yeah. you're a casual listener, you have no idea what the hell's going on. But the show is just roaring with laughter.
3: Right. I mean, listen, I, I enjoy a good drop. I don't want to jam it down your throat, right? Okay. I don't want to hit them every five seconds and just make you sick of them. But, like, for a show inside joke among all of us, I love the fact that we have things like this. You know, if
2: we need to wristband it, we will.
3: Exactly. Take that, Russ. It's Sean Payton <laughs> taking the first shot at Russell Wilson, indicating the first little step toward divorce. That, to me, is great. that that, there's something else
4: too i don't know if i'm being set up for this but there was a conversation we had earlier today that centered around your endorsement of sausage i may have misspoken on a couple spots as i was responding to you evan and eric in the back immediately grabbed the audio and when you play it out of context it does not sound good for me evan do you have that audio after you're out here pumping sausage, yeah, heck yeah. Like, that's oh. the endorsement I need. Chris that's- Carlin pumping sausage, I'm eating that sausage. This is problematic for me and my future as a broadcaster and as a human being walking amongst the
3: rest of you. <laughs> Listen, no I, I I hear that kind of thing, and here's how you know I'm a good teammate. I didn't tell him. I didn't say you got to go get that. I made no mention of it. I just kept going. Right. I just just keep going. There are times we lean into it, and there are times where I know it's going to haunt you, and nope, nope, the juice ain't worth the squeeze right there. No, 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 no. We're trying to build something here. We're not trying to tear it apart at the first turn.
1: I listen to about five minutes of the show every day, and unfortunately for Joe, that was the five minutes I caught today. So.
3: Chris
4: Carlin pumping sausage. I'm eating that sausage. Why did and, I have to and, say pumping sausage? I don't know, but that's the that's the turn of phrase that I'm going to I'm going to lose a couple of minutes of sleep over tonight. And here's I the other said anything. thing, if I had said promoting
3: sausage, we're done. We're yeah, done. Selling we're not making sausage. It the Fine, you know? Now well, maybe not. But sell, you get the point, you know, it, it, here's it, it's not the premise was born out of something realistic. Could I be doing some sort of sausage commercial? Of course I could. Of course I could. <laughs> And if you're getting my endorsement, you would want to put that sausage on the grill, I would think. That's just yeah. me. Without so a shadow I shadow of doubt. I just want to keep it nice and smooth for you. I don't ever want to hold misspeaks against you at all. Never. I will not do that.
2: We want right, them to be we, fat and sassy and spoiled. That's, that's
3: what I am aiming to be, and that does not involve tearing you down. This show is fat yeah. and sassy and spoiled. <laughs> It is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I I want to find a way for the Jets to to beat this streak, 14 in a row that they have lost at this point to the New England Patriots, and I still can't do it. I would have no problem, no problem whatsoever, if virtually anybody else was the quarterback this week. But unfortunately, that is not the case. And when you are the Jets and you haven't brought anybody in yet, I'm curious as to, A, why that is, B, if somebody just hasn't wanted to come in and join this situation, or C, is that actually a vote of confidence in Zach Wilson? Now, that's where I'm having some trouble. He was asked this week
5: that very question. Uh, I actually don't look at it like that. You know, for me, it's... I'm the guy right now. My number's called, and so I'm going to go out there and do everything I can for this offense. And, you know, that's not something I really need to worry about because right now I got all the guys in the locker room behind me, and I just got to lay my trust in those guys and go play football.
3: No, I don't look at it as a vote of confidence because I know they're going to pull the ripcord any moment now.
4: I know that they're desperate. Yeah. (laughs) They are desperate. That's not confidence. It's the exact opposite. Uh, So here we go. I mean, this is where if Robert Sala is a good head coach – this is where he has an opportunity to demonstrate that because this game is going to be one in the margins. You're likely going to have bad weather. You have a low total. You have two good defenses. You have two suspect offenses to below average offenses. There shouldn't be a lot of scoring here. So one key play on special teams, which is, you know, Belichick's specialty, that could be the difference. Field position, a fourth and one conversion, knowing when to punt, knowing when to call your timeouts. This is a game Salah can win. But he's got to win it. He's got to have the play on special teams. He's got to have the play on offense, the call at the opportune moment. He can't sit back waiting for Wilson to win the game offensively. Like, this is a game that a coach goes out and wins. Low scoring, tight, ugly, bad weather, trouble with field position. If you go back to that Super Bowl – uh, the Patriots and the Rams, when the Patriots won that game 13-3, to there's this story that I'm probably going to butcher, but it was in the second half of the game. The Patriots, I think it was 6-3 in New England, something like that. Maybe it was 3-3. And Belichick, uh, it was a TV timeout, and Brady's at the sideline with Belichick, and McDaniels is there. And Belichick looks at the, the information that's in his hand, the folder, the, the notebook. Yeah. And he takes it and he goes, this game plan is expletive. And he throws it on the ground. The whole game plan they had put together for two weeks for the Super Bowl, he recognized in the second half, this game plan is crap. We have done a terrible job with this. We're done with this. He looked at Brady and he said, we need to run the football. We need to run the football down their throat. We need to take it down the field. We need to find a way to score. We're just going to try to smash him up front. And they scored on that drive, and that was pretty much the end of the game. That was the only touchdown scored in the entire game, if I remember correctly. Uh That's what he does. He understands how to operate on the fly. He understands how to get it done in the tight, dirty, sloppy football games where you win in the margins. Salah has an opportunity to be that guy this weekend. This is one of those games where if your head coach is worth a damn, he goes out and wins it for you.
3: You know, Joe, they haven't had one. Like, it's it's funny. You're saying that. And I'm thinking about other coaches around the league. How many coaches can you truly say go out there and win games for you? Where the in in when it is in the margins, when it is this kind of a game, which could be in horrible weather, exactly how many coaches are there that do that? And if you had to make me choose this week, Robert Sala has not given me any indication that he can ever be that guy. And it's it's not that he's a bad coach. It's just is he going to be a difference maker when it comes to being in the game and making those right calls? I don't have a, a positive answer for that yet. And you're right. I'd love to see it. But when you're going up against the other guy, when that's all he does is find ways to do that on those in, in, the, in these circumstances, it's awfully hard to imagine a game that the Jets win against the Patriots because they had a coaching advantage. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like yep. having Belichick on the other side, he's never going to let that happen. He's never going to let it happen where somebody else is going to win a game because he got outcoached. Right.
4: Exactly. And but the only
3: time I can think of that that's happened is Vrabel. Right? When Vrabel uh, did that thing with the clock a few years back on special teams and the penalties. You could also
4: make the case Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl because the Eagles had Philly special and a couple yeah. other key plays that they that they deployed at the right time that gave them the edge in that game. But that was a very well-coached game on both sides, and they both had mistakes in that game. The defenses did not come to play. Vrabel got him good. That was what, the wild-card round at Gillette Stadium yep. where at the end of the game – Uh, Belichick is trying to decline a penalty so he can get the ball back quicker and Vrabel won't let him do it because he wants to bleed out more of the clock it was such a great chess match between the two but it's no surprise because Vrabel played under Bill Belichick so we learned from the master so that's going to be the tactical advantage this weekend all the discussion about defense, weather and, and Zach Wilson and Mac Jones it really comes down to the coaching and that's where the Patriots have a fairly sizable lead at this point
3: It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. Tune in. It's college football action tomorrow night, LSU hosting Arkansas. Coverage begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. In just moments, why the Jets and Patriots may have their eyes on another game this weekend that may be a whole lot more important to them.
2: That's next. On ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta.
2: Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And
0: the kick. Good! Yes! The redemption of Ryan
3: Tannehill.
0: That's the way football games are, right? It's never going to be perfect. And if you stick together, face that adversity, you're going to find a way to win. And that's what we did today.
3: Man, if that's a movie title, I ain't going to see it. No chance. (laughs) I mean, let's be fair. With some of the stuff that we've seen, that could show up on Netflix. You know it. (laughs) The redemption of Brian Tannehill. That could happen. And I I love Netflix, but still. Everybody's pumping a, a documentary
0: these
4: days. And here's the thing. Ever since the Jordan documentary, which was awesome, we're getting a lot of them. Uh, Beckham's got David Beckham has one coming out. Yep. You, you, you can't, this can't be a, a propaganda piece. All right. The no. Manziel thing was a propaganda piece. The Florida Gator thing from the 2000, was it the 2018 the 2019? That was a disgrace. There was nothing in there. I'm not saying I, I want a big section on Aaron Hernandez, but when he's on the team and there's Percy Harvin and the Pouncy twins and everything that happened there and you just skip over all of it, you're not telling the story. You're just giving us your
3: your propagandized version of it, if that's even a word. Did it even? It, it, did he just go under a different name? Because I just assumed it was produced by Urban Meyer. I mean, honestly, the, it the, felt the, like the it, actual yeah, that- documentary said he left the Jaguars. He left the Jaguars. By the way, apparently Dave Matthews is now playing a concert at UM Stadium. I don't know. if you Oh, can is hear that what that background. is in the
4: background?
3: Yeah, I just heard it's not actually him. It's just they're playing Dave Matthews, and I don't. I don't know why that's All out All right, nowhere.
4: so we're going to be treated to a little music in the background while we're on today's radio show. This is nice. <laughs> it seems for to be those who louder. don't know,
3: for those who don't know, you're at the Big House for what reason? I am at the Big House for calling Rutgers in Michigan tomorrow. I do the Rutgers games uh, on radio. Uh, and so I'm it is uh, Harbaugh's first game back tomorrow. And I am interested to see uh, Rutgers starting three and zero. Beat Virginia Tech last week, uh, relatively handily in the fourth quarter. So what you know, let's find out what we got here. All right, all right. Looking points, forward to it. How much? How bit.
4: long have you been? Have you been calling games?
3: This is my twentieth year. Wow. This is my twentieth year doing play by play, and I know it's an, even more impressive. Is the fact that I got the job at age fourteen? It's amazing.
4: <laughs> Get out of
3: here. Yeah, that. it really is. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I um, I can't believe that I'm actually saying this, but I am actually excited. Excited is a word I'm comfortable using and describing my, the anticipation of watching the Vikings and Chargers on Sunday. Yeah. Two O-and-two teams because I've got two teams. One— that the coach should have been fired already, and he hasn't been. And if they go to 0-3, there's no ex- it's franchise malpractice if you don't at that point. And then you've got the other team who all we are looking at right now is whether or not they will actually entertain trading Kirk Cousins if things get bad enough. So it really is that game, Joe, where, well, I mean, you called it earlier this week. You named it. What is this week? This is a loser leaves town match.
4: For those of you familiar with WWE parlance, 0-2 Chargers, 0-2 Vikings, loser leaves town, which means beat it. Your season's over. Both teams' seasons are pretty much done to begin with, but you're officially done in my book at 0-3 if you lose to the other side. For the Chargers... The Brandon Staley situation isn't going away. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they decide to move on from him. And as long as that matzo ball is just hanging out there, the Chargers are just going to continue to whittle away on the vine. They'll win some here, they'll lose some there, but ultimately they're not going to contend. They are, however, a team that plays a lot of one-score games. I mean that's why you can bank on this game being good this weekend. I think this is going this has got all the makings of a really really fun football game. It's a 1 point spread. The Vikings are a 1 point favorite. Total went from 51 to 55, so a potential close shootout. On the other side of the equation, After listening to us how many weeks ago, everyone has come around on the idea that the Vikings should be
3: looking to move
4: Kirk Cousins,
3: right? Yes, you. Specifically you. Take a bow ahead of the curve. That's what we're aiming for on this show. And this is an idea that makes all the sense in the world for the New York Jets. And, And trying to figure out, Joe, where other places could be for him, they may not have a whole lot of competition here. I can't pick out a ton of teams that would be in the mix if Kirk Cousins actually becomes available. And it's because they've all, they're all they all at least heading in a certain direction with their quarterbacks.
4: Right. And you got to figure out the money. And there's just so many variables, like teams with quarterbacks, Buffalo, for example, they're not interested. Teams that just drafted rookies, they're not interested. All that stuff. I found one other team. It's obvious that if the Vikings lose it, the Vikings should already be doing this win or lose because Cousins is in the final year of his deal. The Jets need him. Like, that's the move right there. If they can't figure it out, fine. But that's the move that everybody should be making between those two sides. I found one other team. One other team comes to mind. They're 2-0. and They're in Detroit this weekend. It's the Atlanta Falcons. They probably want to play this Desmond Ritter thing out, but, oh, man. Oh, man. Atlanta looks close. Not close to winning the Super Bowl, but close to being that, okay. Falcons are back to being competitive. Falcons are going to be a tough out. Falcons are likely a wild card team. Maybe they win the division. Maybe they win a playoff game. They can run the ball. They got weapons at wide receiver. The defense is improved. They're not great. Ritter's been okay this season, but he's not great with the long ball. And I'm wondering if if Atlanta's just sitting there staring at Kirk Cousins, maybe. Maybe that could be the guy. And if it works out, boom, you end up signing him. Who knows? But that's the only other team I can find outside of the Jets that makes sense for the Vikings.
3: You know, the one I was thinking about, I I don't think it would happen. Okay. Okay. But if their current quarterback didn't play particularly well this week or the week after, and they've still felt like they had a chance based on how good their defense is, the team I'll throw out is New England. Oh, giving up on Mac Jones, are uh, we? Well, I don't think they're – well, if they make that move, they're giving up on Mac Jones. And Mac Jones actually hasn't played all that badly. He just doesn't win you games. Now, I would understand where Belichick would look at Kirk Cousins and say – If I bring him here and I pair him with O'Brien, we're going to be in a pretty good spot right there, and I think that we can do some things. But they would have to be, like, for instance, if they lose this week to the Jets, I don't know how you justify going and doing that, but if if they beat the Jets, they have such a tough schedule. If Bill honestly believes he can get to the postseason if he has representative quarterback play, and, oh, by the way, you could throw in that he has a chance to stick it to the Jets again. I could see him doing it. Oh, boy. I mean, couldn't you see that? Well, he just made
4: the move to pick up Will Greer, the quarterback out of, I believe it was West Virginia. It was
3: West Virginia, yeah.
4: And and Greer was with the Cowboys, and the Patriots play the Cowboys, I think, next week. So this is one of those, hey, we're going to sign you, we'd like to see the playbook, and then you're probably on your way out the door. (laughs) Right, right. But yeah, it's not past Belichick to try to make moves like that. It just feels like if he makes the move for Cousins and brings him in, you're giving up on Mac Jones, and that also is officially announcing that you swung and missed on Mac Jones, and that's another negative notch on the resume there.
3: Well, so he's got six Super Bowls and a lot of bad draft picks. So yeah. how, how, does, how does he choose to look at it at that point? I mean, he was the guy that this offseason at the owners' meetings, when asked uh, why fans should have as much faith as they do, uh, why fans should have faith in them getting it turned around this year, that he said, well, the last 20 years. That's yeah. why they should have the faith. So clearly there is understandably so an ego there as to what's going on and his role in it. But I I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's likely by any stretch. I'm just throwing it out there because it's got two unique parts of it. One better quarterback play and a chance to win again this year at age 70. Remember that, too. At age 70. There probably has to be a little thing for Bill... That's hanging around right now about the whole Brady 1 1 without me bit that kind of bothers him. Wouldn't you think that? Oh, well, that isn't even up for debate. These exactly. are competitive
4: people, these are competitive human beings. Absolutely, that's something that should be a lead
3: away at any of us. If he felt like this defense was good enough that Cousins would actually make the difference, and by the way, that other unique aspect of it of sticking it to the Jets again then I could see it. Do you believe the Jets have inquired
4: at all with the Vikings about this possibility?
3: I bet you there's been a a phone call. A back channel? I don't even think a back channel. I bet you there's been a phone call of, I don't know where you are with this. Clearly nobody's making decisions yet. But this is something that we would certainly want to talk about more. Like the front office
4: from the Jets is calling the front office from the Vikings and they're saying, look, we've been listening to Carlin versus Joe. Mm. A couple of idiots, but they made a good point. They stumbled well, into a good point.
3: <laughs> remember something. Joe Douglas and I we're virtually twins. We are virtually <laughs> twins. Like the only difference between him and I is he's like six four and I'm six foot. That's it. <laughs> that you so, guys look that much alike? You got, look at him and look at me. It's pretty close. I, I would I would argue he's better looking than I am. Uh he's younger than I am, so he doesn't have as much uh, salt in the salt and pepper beard situation, but he's got the bald, the beard. Oh yeah, there and, it is. You know, yeah, Bold, We'll say it's uh, you, you.
4: You could pass as his older
3: brother. Uh, really? I mean, well, older? yeah, because he Just, he looks he does look younger. Not 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 twenty years younger. Let's not. That's
4: why I said younger brother, not son. I didn't say okay. he looked like your son. All right, younger brother
3: by like two or three years, maybe.
4: Maybe. I Okay, you want to, you know what, I'll be generous, sure.
3: Uh, oh, so three. now you want to turn him into an accident, uh, as <laughs> opposed to anything else. Like, literally, that's what I was. My parents had five kids in seven years, and then me eight years later. <laughs> you were eight years behind the last one previously? Yes. yes, with six kids, five in six and a half years my mother had. To five clear... kids in six and a half years, and then me eight years later. There's a... Wow, there's some
4: interesting math there that has to be worked out for me. That's a lot of work. Congratulations to everyone involved. It is a lot of work. And then you just coming out of left field like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think it was joy they felt when they found out they were having another? You think it was joy? Was that the first emotion? I can't imagine it was.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, I didn't really figure out that I would have been an accident until, like, I described the family dynamic to somebody less than 10 years ago. And I was like, (laughs) oh, crap. Yeah, there's no way they planned it that way. There's no way they said to each other, let's do this again. Here's the move.
4: Like, they get together, they start dating, and they're like, here's the move. We are going to have six kids. Five (laughs) are going to be in the first six years. We're going to take an eight-year break, and then we'll bring another one into the front.
3: Right, and and we're going to make sure that... Uh, your the mother has Claire. You have one at age forty. <laughs> That's exactly how we're going to draw right. it up. Exactly, we're going to get married when you're twenty six, and you're still going to be having kids at forty. Yeah, <laughs> that was the plan. That's a heck of a plan. Isn't it? But isn't it alarming in and of itself that I didn't figure that out until like seven or eight years ago?
4: No, you know what? though? No, it's not. Because to be honest, you're going to be told something your whole life. You're going to trust your family. and You're never going to think to question it because there's no reason to if there's love there. And I'd imagine there was love there. So later in life, you're going to talk to someone about it where you're an adult. So no one's going to, you know, it's not like you're 13 and someone's going to try to crap on you or something. You're explaining this 10 years ago. You're an adult and they're probably thinking to themselves, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because from the outside looking in, you're like, that's absolutely a, I don't want to say a mistake, but absolutely not the plan. No, not the plan. And you're like, no, 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 this had to be, wait a minute,
3: (laughs) wait a minute, my entire life is a lie. No, the person who actually helped me remember, or I realized that, actually said, oh, you were a complete accident then. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, crap, I was. And then immediately I went to the source on the topic. <laughs> right, right. <too. laughs> hey, hey, did you draw this up in the plan in the game plan? No? Walk me Uh-oh. through this. <laughs> what happened? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Well, it was a night late in February, January. <laughs> <laughs> on ESPN Radio, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. The phenomenon in football this fall. Could reach incredible levels if the big upset happens this weekend at
2: the Pacific Northwest. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
4: All right. Four and one last night. Overall, the show is 14, 11 and one. We are up 1.82 units. We gave you Dallas team total over 27 and a half earlier. And then we gave you a six point teaser. Ravens minus two, Dolphins minus half a point. If you don't know what that is, hit me up on Twitter at Joe Fortenball. I'm happy to explain it to you. Two college plays for you here. Number one, Kentucky. Minus 13 and a half over Vanderbilt. People sleeping on Kentucky because they had a down year last year when everyone expected them to be good because two years ago they were really solid. Well, they had a different defense, offensive coordinator. Excuse me. They had some O-line issues. This season, they've shored that up. Three soft opponents early in the season. They've blown them all out. Liam Cohen is back as the team's offensive coordinator. A lot to like here. Vanderbilt, I believe, is the only team in the country that hasn't covered a single point spread yet. They've suffered some tough injuries so far. I'll lay the 13 and a half with Kentucky over Vandy. And then finally, a lot of you aren't going to like this, but I'm going to lay the 21 with Oregon over Colorado. I love the Colorado story. I love the Deion Sanders story, but this isn't about my emotions. It's about logic and the spot for Colorado is brutal. They're coming off a war against their in-state rival. They lost their best player in Travis Hunter. They got to go to Autzen Stadium in Eugene, a tough place to play to beat a Ducks team that is fantastic, especially on the offensive side of the ball where Bo Nix is probably going to get some Heisman chatter after this performance. So pizza money number three and four, Kentucky minus 13 and a half over Vanderbilt, Oregon minus 21 over
3: Colorado. You know, I, I am continuing to be surprised by you uh, because you do like Colorado a lot, but yet you keep picking against them in these spots. And it's and you're very analytical. This is all just how you see the games playing out. And so 21 points is a number to me that um, you were right about last week. 23 was too big against Colorado State when they had that advantage. I'm curious as to why... Uh, you don't find yourself like, is it just an oddity that you keep finding yourself picking against them at this point? No, I mean, because it's the same
4: theme every week. They are very publicly supported. They're very popular. And as a result, that can influence the lines. Like these, these spreads sometimes aren't necessarily accurate. But last week, all right, think of it like this before the season started, They put a point spread out there of like, I think it was Colorado minus 10 over Colorado State. It was something like that. Uh That may have been after the win over TCU, but it was an advanced line. There wasn't enough that had happened for either team in such a short period of time that that spread should have gone from 10 to 23. That's absurd. Now, if there's an injury to the quarterback position, I get it. But that is an absurd move based a lot on all the hype. The bookmakers know the money's coming in. I used to be in a situation where I bet against Tiger Woods a lot, and people will say that's crazy, but in not in Woods' heyday, but – maybe this is like eight, nine years ago, Woods was still being priced as the best golfer in the world. That was because the bookmakers knew they were going to take a ton of money on Tiger Woods. People were going to bet him like crazy. So they couldn't hang what's known as true odds. His true odds to win a tournament might be 35 to one. They can't put that out there because they're going to take so much money on it. If Woods actually wins, it's going to cost them a fortune. So what they have to do is anticipate all this money coming in and adjust their prices accordingly and make them like, 12 to 1. That creates an opportunity for people like me who want to bet the other side because that's where you find the value.
3: Uh, see, I love that explanation of it. And I'll be that- here all week Yeah, that was fantastic in describing exactly what's going on with Dion right now and how much credit they are getting all of a sudden, how quickly it has all gone down. We talked to Joe Tessitore earlier. He's going to be calling the game tomorrow with Jesse Palmer and Katie George on uh, ABC at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Colorado and Oregon. Here is Joe Tess on why this has become... So much more
5: than just a football game. This is not a normal week of prepping a football game on ABC. Obviously, every week we dig in, we get ready for the XO, for the analysis of understanding the two programs inside and out. What we're balancing here and getting ready and why we went and spent the day, the entire day yesterday from the start of practice through hanging out at the facility at Colorado to spending quality time with the coordinators to sitting in the recruiting office with Prime to then going into his private office and just being with him is to try to get a sense and capture what this American cultural phenomenon is, why it's happening, how they're dealing with the reaction to it, what the entire vibe is. This is far, far more than a football game.
3: Uh, It's just become a massive event. But, Joe, here's the other thing that people aren't talking about that Dion has done here. He has completely changed the dynamic for coaches getting head coaching jobs in that they are now expected not to do what Deion did, but to certainly do it a whole lot quicker. You can't do it in two games, but you may not get two years to do it anymore either. It may be, hey, you got to get this thing turned around right now, so you go do what you have to do, and it has absolutely raised the bar sky high on everybody else.
4: I hope the takeaway from a lot of individuals, and this isn't just sports organizations like businesses as well, is how important culture is. Culture is king. And that's what he's created there. He has created a completely different culture than what they were used to. This losing, down on your luck culture. He's come in. He's instilled confidence, swagger. But there's so much else in terms of how he gets the players, his players, to buy in, to believe, to work together. The messaging he sends, they're all bought in. Win or lose, these guys are going out and they're laying it all on the line. They have the belief and the confidence in themselves that they can beat anybody. And they're going out there and they're showing it week in and week out. They're resilient. They're tough. They're They're disciplined. There's so much that comes from his leadership style that I hope not just other coaches, but, but CEOs, managers, leaders try to study because it highlights the importance of culture. They are not the most talented team in the country. It's important to note that they, they are not beating you because they are that much more talented than you. They're organized. They're accountable. They're disciplined. They've bought in. They just got it all cooking right now, man. It's very impressive to see
3: carlin versus joe espn radio sirius xm channel 80 we are presented by progressive insurance you know there's really only one way to bet a little and win
2: a lot this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. The bigger the parlay, the, the more it will pay. It's big money, very big money. It's time to head into the control room for this week's Producer Parlay.
3: So for those who are unaware of what the Producer Parlay is, it's about the guys behind the scenes trying to get it done for you. Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Each and every Friday we do this. We give you one of those parlays where you could throw down a buck and if everything pans out you walk away with $600,000. Or You know, maybe two grand, something like that. And percentages were interesting there. I know, but I'm I'm just trying to sell it here, okay? All right. Um, Here's the idea: producers from every show on ESPN Radio Network make a selection toward this parlay. And this parlay, we will then play 20 bucks on the parlay, 10 a piece. And if the producers win, the money goes straight to them minus the handling fee. Which is forty one percent.
1: I but a, yeah, I have a question, point of parliamentary procedure here. Does the <laughs> Yes otter. <laughs> what is that? Does <laughs> does like what you guys are laying does that carry over? So like if we get to week week, you know, ten is that $200 that we have to give you back or or No, is you're not giving us we... anything
4: back. This okay. is a, this is a big point that's worth making. Carlin and I, out of the goodness of our heart, are spending our money on an opportunity for you guys to make money. He's just joking about the 41% handling fee. Got it. What will likely happen here is that we'll put down the 20 bucks, you'll have a chance to win a few grand. If you win it, we will give you the money. You, showing some class, would give us back our $20, which would be smart, and then probably a thank you, maybe a pizza, something in that nature. Okay. The more important note here is that it is our show that is doing this for all of the shows. Producers yeah. on all these shows have an opportunity to make some money because of Carlin and myself. Greenberg isn't doing this for anybody. The Morning Show couldn't care about anybody else. Amber and Ian, no. No. Harry and Freddie? No. Quinn Myers? No. Fine no bomb. bomb? Fine, Bomb, Fine no. bomb no chance. Fine bomb's too busy trying to bring down Sabin. The, the point are, is. Yeah, the guys as, who are as, <laughs> trying as to As you down listen Saban. across this network <laughs> to all these shows that are trying to take us down at every turn, we're the only ones actually doing anything for the people behind the scenes who work so hard. It's a thank you from Carlin and I to all the producers because we know the rest of these on-air bums
3: aren't going to take care of their people. Yeah, I think you just pretty much summed it up brilliantly across the board. Um, I mean, I guess that I can take the ability to gloat uh, over all those other hosts and celebrate our charity uh, in lieu of cash, but it doesn't quite feel the same. Whatever. That's what we'll do.
4: It's the and thought that counts, and it's a nice gesture on our behalf. If these hey, look, if these idiot producers can't string together a winner, that's not
3: our fault. That's their fault. Exactly. That's on you, bro. So we <laughs> put it on you. Okay. We friends. put it on you. Evan, we put it on you, Eric Hanman, to give us our producer parlay selections. Go.
1: Yeah, so I'll give you the first four, then Eric will give the next four. Uh, first one, unsportsman like the morning show. Seahawks minus six and a half. They are hosting Andy Dalton and the Panthers. Greeny, Tony Pollard, anytime touchdown against the Cardinals. Freddie and Harry, Tua, over four and a half rushing yards. Amber and Ian, Desmond Ritter, over 13 and a half rushing yards.
5: All right, now, all right, go ahead.
4: Handman, do you want us to weigh in, or do you just want to steamroll I us on the totally opening floor? I totally
5: forgot that you guys are uh, hosting a radio show Unbelievable. now. Unbelievable.
4: you see what happens? We try to do something nice. We can't even get a word in on
5: our own
3: show. Then it's a Handman show. It's then Handman it's a Handman show. show. Get me the mic. <laughs> get out of the way. Get me the mic. That's it. Handman, go ahead.
5: All right. So the rest of the parlay, we'll, we'll start with what I uh, selected. Last week, we went UFC. So this week, yeah, we're going Raphael Z for the fight. I'm no, just kidding. I'm going to do uh, Commanders, by the way, no, I'm hammering physique this weekend, but uh, Commanders plus six is what Carlin versus Joe, the show unit here, the producers here in the booth are going with. So we're, 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 me and Carlin thinking very similar. I'm going plus six with the Commanders. Game night, Raiders, Steelers under 43 total points. So that's Q's Raiders uh, under 43 total points. The Paul Feinbaum show, Jordan Addison of the Vikings over 51 and a half receiving yards. And we'll go to remotes. Travis Etienne of the Jacksonville Jaguars anytime touchdown.
3: Wow. Okay. Okay. With the with the ESPN radio game this week being the Jets and Patriots, I'm a little surprised they wouldn't pick something out of that uh, so that they could, you know, watch it in person happen.
1: But that's okay. Most of us working that game. So in our, you know, being professional, we took that game off the board. Oh, is that what that, that is? I'm just
3: kidding. <laughs> yeah.
4: I was going to say there's no, that, that one's you dry that one out, you can fertilize the lawn. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, Brent never took one that he was doing the game either. (laughs) All
4: right, so $20 on this parlay will pay $2,791.96. Good luck to all. Uh, Hanman, if you want to go UFC, you can go UFC. Don't let all these people try to talk you out of it. It's up to you and Evan to negotiate it. I'm all for versatility. You guys don't all have to go NFL if you don't
0: want to.
5: Well, what I'm trying to do, and I've already talked to a few producers from the other shows, you guys are putting $20 down, $20 down, all this stuff that you guys had mentioned earlier in the segment here. Let's start juicing these up a little bit. $2,700? Eh, let's get that up to maybe ten dollars on it, one of these hits. It doesn't help when you take a big favorite in UFC. Shevchenko
4: was minus 170 last week, and Fazeev is a favorite this week. If you take a dog, then you juice it up.
3: Listen, I'll, I'll, look I'll in the mirror dog. and recognize, as Taylor Swift would say, I'm the problem. I'm man. the problem. Yeah. The problem you laid out
4: is the problem of you. Yeah.
5: I was trying to have some style. Like Taylor
1: Swift? I like yeah. it,
4: though. I, I like it. I like when the UFC gets involved. I will be at the Apex tomorrow gambling on every single fight as soon as I get done with T-ball.
1: Here's why we can't go UFC. Like, tomorrow morning is Saturday. Powerball's tomorrow night. I wake up tomorrow morning thinking I can win the lottery. If Eric goes UFC and they lose Saturday night, I don't wake up Sunday morning thinking this parlay is going to hit because it might already be over. So I want to go the whole weekend thinking this parlay is going to hit, and I don't want it to mess up with my vibe. Saturday night if we lose it. I want yeah, to wake up Sunday fair. morning I get knowing that. I might hit the parlay. That's Evan, fair.
5: You can also use college football. And when do they usually play college football?
1: Saturday. So far, nobody has. I know. Well, but here's that's the thing. That's true. Handman, if you're going to use a
4: Saturday
3: pick, you got to hit.
5: or You ruin this for everybody. Hey, I played Mike Bell last week. Like well,
3: <laughs> yeah, I agree with
5: that. That was a- a terrible. A- here's judgment.
3: the other thing, though. Evan, if your vibe is getting ruined, ruined by not winning the lottery, I mean... <laughs> You must be pretty unhappy. Every day that Evan doesn't hit a Powerball, he's like all upset.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God, Sean, Don. <laughs> I thought no, I had it this time. Not as upset I get when somebody else hits it. Like the best feeling is you look at it, aside from winning, as you look at it and you're like, oh, I didn't hit the Powerball. But now the jackpot's $600 million, so I could hit it tomorrow night.
3: So nobody wins.
1: Correct. You win or nobody
3: wins. Exactly. I'll tell you, they should just change it from schadenfreude to Evan Freud. That's really <laughs> what they should do. Because uh, you do enjoy the pain of others. That's very clear. Yeah. And he's shaking his head, looking right at me in the Zoom. He's like 100% accurate. Uh,
2: I respect it. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.